Hey, welcome to Truth Unbound. I'm Walter Swaim. I'm so glad you're with me. And so, well, this happened. Just this past week, a new statue was unveiled in front of a courthouse in New York City. Now, it's supposedly going to be there just temporarily for a few months. And of all places, it's going to be coming to Houston, supposedly, where I live. But nevertheless, it has caused quite a stir. And it's no wonder why. Why did this satanic-style statue get erected in the first place? And why all the controversy about it? Who cares? Well, a lot of people care, and I can understand why. And with the rise in Satanism's popularity and influence in the culture, it leads us to a common question as well that often comes up. Why didn't God just destroy Satan in the first place and avoid all this mess from the beginning? Well, these and countless other questions about what's going on in the culture, the world, uh, the church, and life in general, and what God says about them, and what we as Christians or as followers of Him should do about it, is why Truth Unbound exists. So let's find out more about this statue and why it causes such reaction, and if answer some of these major questions that go with it. There's some things related uh, between each other here that you probably never thought of, and uh, well. It's about to get real interesting. So let's get to it right now. All right, my friend. Well, for just a New York minute, okay, pun intended, sorry. Before we begin, if Truth Unbound is really meeting your interest and your spiritual needs, especially to know what God says about the daily challenges we face as followers of Jesus— and you want to know more about his truth as well, and you want others to know about his truth, then click on like, click to follow, and also subscribe and share the link to the podcast with others today. All right, now back to the, uh, well, the Satan statue and the big question for today. Okay then, so this satanic-esque symbol was uh, designed and made by and commissioned to be made by Pakistani-born artist Shazia Sikander. And she says it's a symbol of the fierce, fierce female resistance there needs to be against the misogynistic court system, supposedly taking away women's rights to abort their babies across the country. This is a not-so-subtle allusion, of course, to the Supreme Court's recent decision, especially overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, as you can see, the statue is adorned with the horns of a goat, which is a longtime symbol of Satan, and also with the iconic lace collar piece around the neck, much like the, or exactly like the one worn by the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is often used as a modern symbol to pro-abortion, by a pro-abortion advocates of the defense of abortion rights in the U.S., now, this symbolism with Ginsburg is also very intentional, as stated by the statue maker, Sikander, herself. Now, what's ironic about this part of the statue and the pro-abortion group called Ruth Sent Us uh, that talks about this is that Ginsburg really didn't like Roe v. Wade, not on its moral merits, but based on its shaky legal basis. <laughs> oh, well, we'll take what we can get. Now, the tie-in of this statue with Satan himself, or Satanism at least itself, is how it resembles closely this statue in this pick, which is Baphomet, a long-used symbol of the so-called the Satanic Temple Church, 
which interestingly enough has inserted itself in recent years more boldly and brashly in the political arena by actively and openly siding with abortion rights laws in several states, as well as voicing its opposition to prayer and Christian-themed imagery in public places. And in fact, they have matched the Child Evangelism Fellowship's Good News Club. I am involved in one myself at a local elementary school, a ministry of my church. And so they've created their own Satan clubs for after-school enjoyment voluntarily by parents for their children. Interesting, huh? Anyway, their, their reasoning, the Satanic Temple Church's reasoning for backing laws permitting abortion has not been so much abortion rights themselves, but for the good of their own religious right to perform their abortion ritual. Now imagine our culture getting so bad morally and spiritually, call it a fringe group or no, that killing a baby in the womb is defended as a right to perform a ritual, a religious ritual, affirming it. Un. Believable. Now, there's also a link between the symbolism of this statue to Satanism and the killing of babies. Now, that's it's not crazy, okay? It's not an outlandish uh, accusation. And here's the reason why. You need to know the biblical history behind this. In the Old Testament, we are told of the, and this is confirmed by archaeology, we are told of the horrific religious lit- rituals of the Canaanites, Moabites, and others, and then Israel defiling itself by doing the same, that they would worship these Baal gods with immoral sexual rituals, both human and with human and human with animals. Yeah. And then even worse, with the sacrifice of babies and children on the altar of a Baal-type god called Molech. Now compare the images here, as we're showing you, of what the gods of Baal and Molech looked like with the statue downtown in downtown New York and the Baphomet statue of the Satanist church. Interesting, huh? Now from the article of the Christian website that the world may know, which I highly suggest, here's a description of Baal. Baal is portrayed as a man with the head and horns of a bull an image similar to that in biblical accounts. His right hand, sometimes both hands, is raised, and he holds a lightning bolt, signifying both destruction and fertility. Baal has also been portrayed seated on a throne, possibly as the king or lord of the gods. Now, this Baal-type god called Molech included the murder of babies by sacrificing them to Molech. Now, according to Got Questions, it says this, quote, it is believed that idols of Moloch were, were giant metal statues of a man with a bull's head. Each image had a hole in the abdomen and possibly outstretched forearms that made a kind of ramp to the hole. A fire was lit in or around the statue. Babies were placed in the statue's arms or in the hole. When a couple sacrificed their firstborn, they believed that Molech would ensure financial prosperity for the family and future children, end quote. So now when Israel started to mimic the same hideous practices, God's anger was hot and dealt out this punishment for those who did it. Look in Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 through 5. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Again, you shall say to the children of Israel, Whoever of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel 
who gives any of his descendants to Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from his people because he has given some of his descendants to Molech to defile my sanctuary and profane my holy name. And if the people of the land should in any way hide their eyes from the man, when he gives some of his descendants to Molech and they do not kill him, then I will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from his people and all who prostitute themselves with him to commit harlotry with Molech. So you're starting to get the picture here, the connection. In the end, from a biblical standpoint, we can see the not-so-hidden connections to the satanic imagery of this statue in New York with the ancient statues, with the killing of babies, and the ancient immoral rituals and worship to false, these false demonic gods. So this brings up a question in connection to this that is often asked with with the rise of Satanism and the glorification in our society of sexual immorality and the killing of babies and children, and also the mutilation by many of their own bodies in order to fit their perceived gender confusion, you just go back and say, why didn't God avoid all of this in the first place and destroy the devil completely into a pile of ashes to exist no more when he pulled all these shenanigans and caused no more trouble to humanity to come or God himself? Why? Well, in the end, we don't have any direct and clear answers from God to this direct question word by word. But as always, God gives us the ability to discern many things based on his character and actions alone revealed in his word. One answer, a good one, is that we know God did not create evil or Satan. That, that we know factually from the scriptures. You see, evil is not a thing at all, like an object or living being or the force. It's the absolute absence of God's holiness and goodness. Now, the devil, the original rebel and opposer to God and Lord of the dead and demons, was not created by God, not created by God as the devil. Now, according to Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15, and Ezekiel 28, 1 through 19, it shows us that God did create a cherub called the day star or Lucifer, who was originally perfect, yet later he used his free will to become prideful and oppose God and was later judged and cast out of heaven by God. As a result of this, God has allowed Satan to exist and even have power over spiritually evil forces and this world system. And one day he still won't be fully annihilated, but quarantined forever with all the unbelieving in eternal torment in the lake of fire, according to what it says in Revelation 20 and 21. Some have also pointed out that similar to humans, he as, or the devil, originally as an angelic being, was created to be eternal. And God does not change that status for any of his created beings, interestingly enough, if you notice, but rather destines them to eternal judgment due to their rebellion against God, or not, by their love and loyalty to God. Here are some answers to the question, why didn't or doesn't God destroy Satan and once for all? Here's, here's another one. That based upon these and other scriptures detailing his working of his sovereign purposes through everyone and everything regardless, God allowed Satan to introduce the choice to do evil to humanity 
He used Satan in his eternal purposes to present, to, to tempt, especially Adam and Eve first, in order to give everyone the choice to freely love God or not, to choose against him. That if God had annihilated Satan completely at that first moment of rebellion, then the free will given to the human beings he created would not ever be able to be exercised. It wouldn't come to pass and thus would not be able to choose God willingly out of love for him. They would serve him out of strict obedience alone, like a robot, and not out of love and loyalty of love. If free will had no way to be exercised, then there is no choice of love toward God, just robotic compliance. And so he used Satan and his purposes to be able to provoke or to allow this choice to be made by man and woman, woman's free will. There's also one last thought, an interesting one proposed, and that is if God had struck down Satan right at the moment of his rebellion, just even in his thoughts of rebellion, before the creation of mankind ever came to be, it could have caused a lingering and growing suspicion by the rest of the angelic realm, who they also had and still have free will, to doubt the motive of God and to wonder if he was hiding something from them. And therefore, they would have served God just out of fear of not being destroyed as well, without knowing why. Well, remember this teaching of Jesus. To understand all of this, remember what he said in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the, harvest at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So one day, as it states, God will forever separate Satan and evil and evildoers from the rest of his kingdom, forever kingdom, forever. But in the meanwhile, for his purposes, as we see him, and some we don't fully understand, God allows the weeds to exist alongside the wheat, Satan and demonic forces and evildoers to exist amongst humanity and the church of God. And after his purposes are fulfilled in his timing in the end, God will bring final judgment forever on Satan and on all those who follow him in rebellion. And there will be no more evil or sorrow again. Well, I hope this has helped you to get at least some answers to these pressing questions, especially about God allowing evil to remain for now. Evil, like the statue in New York and what it represents, till one day the final judgment of God will come on all evildoers and we will be in heavenly peace forevermore. Well, my friend, um, don't forget to like this podcast, to follow the podcast, to subscribe, and then share this podcast with everyone. And remember to follow Jesus, because when you do, you'll always follow the truth.